Income Tax Podcast with Mike Grinning. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creative Chats. It's the podcast for artists, makers, and content creators, where we talk about creativity, the creative process, and story. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. You can connect with me over on Instagram. I'm at Mike Bone, and you can check out some of my work on my website, which is mikebrennan.me. I'd also love to have you be part of our online community called Daily Creative Habit. Simply go to dailycreativehabit.com, and you'll be forwarded to the request to join our private Facebook group where creatives of all types are showing up saying, I want to be more consistent in my creativity and craft. So if that's you, we would love to have you be a part of that group. Head on over there today. I'm continuing to do some more solo episodes right now. Um, as summer is rolling on here, coming to a close uh, where I live, and there's been a lot of travel, a lot of different personal things going on. And so uh, today I want to talk a little bit about the concept of shame and creativity. And this is something I've been thinking about for a little bit because I think shame can really derail us when it comes to our creative efforts. We've experienced shame in so many different ways, perhaps, and it impacted us and maybe blocked our path. And many of us are still trying to recover from that. Or maybe just now waking up to realizing how impactful shame has been. Maybe you're realizing that even as we're listening, as you're listening to this podcast, that shame has played a role maybe far too long in your creative journey. I think shame shows up in a few different ways as a creative person. The first one, probably most people have experienced, if you have sought to pursue your creativity in any sort of fashion, especially if it's for your livelihood, has been around other people, most of the time well-meaning people, people who love you and are concerned for you, but they're imposing upon you their fear their shame uh, because they don't want you to be the quote starving artist because they've seen far too many people try to pursue their creative journey and crash and burn. They don't want to see that happen to you. And so as a preemptive strike, they say things like, well, how are you going to make money or how, how is this going to work? You're, you're such a dreamer. Um, There's nothing practical about what it is that you're trying to do. And I understand that there are certain practical things that we need to address, right? We need to be able to make sure that we're bringing in a certain amount of money so that we can provide food for ourselves or our families. We need to think about things like health insurance, uh, depending upon where you live. Uh, There are things that you need to concern yourself with in terms of actually being able to survive and being a, quote, productive member of society, (laughs) right? And the thing is, sometimes when our creativity messes with other people's views of how they think we should live our lives or what they value, they can try to impose upon us under the guise of practicality, under concern, that we need to be careful 
and minimize our impact in creativity. And to say, leave that to something that you do as a hobby. Leave that to something you do in the margins of life. Go and, you know, get a more secure job and something that will you know, bring in more money and you'll have less headaches and less hassle in life. And the thing is, those people most of the time are not wired the same way we are as creative people. They don't understand that for many of us, that sounds like death, right? Um, going and getting a job someplace just to earn a paycheck while there's this other part of us that needs to come out, that needs to be expressed, that we long to create some things that make an impact, not only on our lives, but in the lives of the people around us. And we want to pursue that and leverage our time and our ability as much as we can to pursue that. And so it's very easy to feel like we're being shamed when we're attempting to do that by the people around us who don't understand us. And again, most of the time it's well-meaning, but sometimes there are people who are just not really going to understand us. And I think coming to grips with that and understanding that not everyone is going to be a person that you go to and talk to about certain creative things, goals, ideas, certain parts of you, because they're not wired the same as you, um, that that's okay. But make sure that you do have people that you can talk to about it. You know, I posed this question about where shame and creativity intersected in people's lives uh, in the Daily Creative Habit Facebook group. And it was both encouraging and heartbreaking, some of the answers of how people shared their experiences in the past. Um, for many, it was when they were kids and they had some kind of adult or authority figure in their life discourage them in their creative path. Maybe they didn't value the art that they created, or again, it was more in the name of practicality and responsibility. Um, that they discouraged any pursuit of creativity. It's very difficult to distance yourself from that if that's been your experience. And for many of us, that has been something that has marked us and that made us go a completely different direction in life. And now sometimes we're trying to get back to that place of, you know what, I should have pursued this. I should have leaned into my creative journey and we're trying to make up for lost time now. We're trying to figure out our way back so that this creativity has a place in our lives. And around that, there's a lot of shame. There's a lot of shame in the decisions that we've made perhaps and how we felt about our own creativity and art, about how we've let other people maybe influence us in our decisions. Um, it can be a very difficult thing. So the first thing is, you know, sometimes it's it's shame that other people have brought to us or made us feel because of their own baggage sometimes, their own concern, which is legitimate, but how they, how they express that wounded us. Another way that shame impacts us is by sometimes the process that we go about in our creation, right? 
If you're not someone who is a quote, classically trained artist or professional, creative professional, there can be some shame in how you have arrived at what you're doing right now. People maybe don't take you seriously because of a certain pedigree you don't have. Um, and, and a lot of that, to be honest with you, is learning to navigate that and say, you know what, it's not about where I went to school or if I went to school, but it's about who I am right now and what I'm creating and being comfortable with that and knowing that there are just going to be some some circles of people who that's that's what's important to them is the pedigree um, and to be okay with maybe not being a part of that scene or that crowd and not letting them shame you because of your process, because of your experience there. Um, Another place in it could be the actual art form that you do. You know, some people don't take certain art forms very seriously. You know, one of the places that, that I've seen this happen as I've embraced more and more digital art, I've seen people who are more traditional artists voice opinions amongst the community to say, well, digital art isn't really legit because you don't have the same process. You're not learning the same things. You're not engaging with your art the same way. And there's no physical, actual artwork when you're done. Uh, and so they try to discredit that as an art form. Uh, someone else in the group uh, mentioned about airbrushing and how for them they experienced a lot of shame around that because a lot of people would think airbrushing oh that's you know it's tacky or it's you know it's those places that that would do the t-shirts and the little booths you know especially way way back in the day um but yet it takes a lot of skill and mastery to you know be successful in airbrushing um but again, some people, they have just decided for whatever reason that certain art forms aren't legitimate and therefore try to shame those who are a part of that. And that may not be intentional. That may not be their goal. But simply by their actions and their words, they have created the sense of shame or we've allowed that to happen in our lives. Sometimes it can be around the process of what it is that we're creating because if you haven't learned something, you know, the more traditional way or in a, again, classically trained way, maybe you've just kind of figured something out and it works for you, but it's not the quote right way to do it. And so when you, you know, you start to talk about that stuff, um, you experience some shame around that because people are like, you do what, how? Uh, one of the, the big debates that I've found a lot in the artist circles, and you know what, as artists and creative people, we can be some of the, the harshest critics, uh, not just of ourselves, but also of the community around us. And that's one of the things I would love to see change is less competition, less um, just pettiness and more community, more acceptance, more encouragement. Um, but I've seen this where someone will will make a comment about how they created something a part of the process and they'll mention that they used either a projector or a light box or some form of you know tracing and 
it's to help get either proportions or it's helped to, to block out an area. Um, we're not just talking about straight up tracing something uh, and using that as a uh, your final product, but there's a lot of shaming that goes on around that. People who say, well, you know, you need to learn um, how to do this, you know, by hand and, and train yourself in the right way um, so that you can master that skill. And I think it really depends on what your goal is. It depends on what you're trying to do with your artwork or with your creativity. Um, I'll be honest, tracing has been a big part of my journey. When I was a kid, that's how I learned. That's That was my introduction to art was I had this old Disney light box and it came with these tracing pages with like limbs in different positions, you know, this, you know, animation sheets basically. And you would put it on the light box and you would trace over it and you would, you know, find another limb or you'd find this character's head or you'd, you know, f make these different scenes by piecing together these things and then tracing the characters that were, you know, these famous characters of the Disney catalog and you would create your own scenes. And I love this Disney light box. It was this uh, yellow light box and <laughs> I would spend hours and hours with it. And when I got done with the tracing pages that came with it, a lot of times what I would do is I would find um, comic strips from the newspaper and I would put those on a light box. And that was really challenging because you would have something printed on the other side and you would be trying to figure out, OK, wait, what is part of the drawing? What's not part of it? And, um, you know, it became a little challenging. But through tracing over what someone else had done, I started to learn, oh, OK, this is how somebody treats drawing eyes. This is how they treat drawing a hand. And it was so valuable to me as a learning tool. And, and people won't shame when it's discussed in that fashion, but it is shamed when it's said, oh, well, that's still part of your process today. Um, there's something called camera obscura that the old masters used to use, which was basically like this system uh, that was like a lens and used a mirror, basically kind of like a... a a very early form of uh, projection, if you will, and helping get proportions of uh, certain scenes, you know, models who were standing before them on the canvas um, so that they could block out areas. And it's widely known that this was used. Um, there are some tools today that kind of mimic that same type of, um, you know, uh, approach. And some people feel like, you know, that's cheating. And when they say that, there's this shaming that goes on um, because it's not to the standard at which they feel things should be at. They are positioning themselves to be an authority in something and saying, if you're not doing it this way, it's lesser than. And anybody who's doing it lesser than, there's shame. There's embarrassment. Um and, you know, to this day, there are still times when I will utilize tracing certain things. Um, and even me saying that right now, there's a certain amount of, you know, resistance for me to share that because I don't want to experience shame. I don't want to experience people saying, oh, well, you know, I'm discrediting, you know, some of your art now or I'm, I'm thinking lesser than, you know, of what you do. Um, for me, a lot of times it's not about the process of being a draftsman who can draw perfect proportions, but rather for me, a lot of times it's about color and expression. 
And so if I can have a method that helps me get to something quicker, where I don't have to spend a lot of time on something that um, isn't part a valuable part of the, the um, process for me of what I'm trying to achieve, then by all means, I'm going to employ certain, you know, hacks, if you will, or shortcuts, um, methods that will be helpful in the process, in my process. And I'm not saying that that's for everybody, but I've found that there are certain things that work for me. And that's what I have adopted as part of my process and what I'm comfortable with. And so it's, it's difficult though, like I said, when you try to talk about some of these things and there's this sense of shame, am I going to be embarrassed by sharing this process, by letting somebody else know about what it is that I do, how I do it? Um, it can be very difficult to navigate that. So sometimes it's shame imposed by other people and their fears, their you know concerns, their sense of responsibility and practicality. Sometimes it's the process of what it is that you do in your art making, your creativity, how you go about it. Um, maybe it's the actual art form itself as, as you know, maybe society or a certain group of people have not deemed it as quote worthy. Um, you know, and, and I think the last thing I want to address is sometimes we experience a sense of shame because it's ourselves. We're imposing it on ourselves. There's a gap in the quality of our work of where we want to be and where we are. We produce something and we feel ashamed of it. We don't want to share it because we feel like it's something that we're embarrassed by. I experienced this significantly when I returned to my art. I share this a lot. You know, I say I, I went through a 10 year period basically where I didn't do any art whatsoever and suffered from some depression, had to come back to my art. And when I came back to my art, I was trying to figure out how do I do this again? And so I had bought a sketchbook and I was in a Starbucks and I was trying to sketch this Starbucks coffee cup. And it was horrible, this sketch. It was, it was, the proportions were off and it was flat and wonky and, and just, I was embarrassed by it. But I knew enough to tell myself right now, this isn't about this one drawing. This is about my journey. This is about me coming back to my art. This is about this one drawing in a sequence of a lot of drawings that are going to happen. Some are going to be bad. A matter of fact, a lot are going to be bad. <laughs> but then you need to do that bad work in order to get to the good work. And so making allowance for those, those moments and those gaps in technique, in skill, uh, in draftsmanship, um, continuing to engage with it and not let shame or embarrassment derail the whole thing. Too often, we want to be perfect out of the gate. We want to be people who can do something with ease. And that's honestly, most of the time, not the way that it happens. I mean, unless you are particularly talented and skilled in something um, where something comes very naturally to you, most of us have to work at stuff. Most of us have to put the time in. We have to put the hours in. And we have to learn and grow and make a lot of mistakes in the process. And when we come to a place where we can shut off that shame that embarrassment about the one particular thing that we've done, or maybe a couple of things that we've done that we're not proud of, 
but put it in context of the journey. Put it in context of what we're learning. Even if we have a, a piece of creative work that has, quote, failed, what have we learned in the process? And what can we apply next time? There's maybe the value. And we allow this sense of shame and embarrassment also when we compare ourselves to other people. When we think, oh, you know, that other person, that other artist, that other creative person does this certain type of work that's very similar to mine, but yet they seem to do it with such ease. They seem to have so much success. I look at their Instagram and they're just always, you know, getting so many comments about how people love their work and they're, they're selling their work and they seem to be thriving. And here I am, I'm floundering. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still pivoting in some things and making a lot of mistakes. And we get stuck in the comparison, comparison trap. And that brings shame. It brings embarrassment because we feel like we should be so much further than where we are. We feel like we should be better than who we are and what we're able to do. But I think it's when we come to the place where we can actually embrace where we are and what we're doing right now and continue on the journey, continue to engage with our creativity, continue to learn and grow and produce better and better work through the process, not listening to that inner critic, that inner voice of comparison. We're not listening to the outer critics who want to tear us down and derail us from maybe a dream we want to pursue. Or if they've done that already and we're trying to come back to it, embrace it. Keep showing up for the journey. Or if it's feeling an embarrassment about a certain art form or theme in our art or creativity or part of the process of how we create that that art to not let the embarrassment of that cripple us, derail us, stop us. Because I think for a lot of people, it has left a tremendous mark. As I mentioned, you know, when I posed this question in the Daily Creative Habit Facebook group, you could still feel the emotion as people shared their experiences. As people spoke about how when they were kids, people spoke things into their lives, words of discouragement, um, or how their own feelings and inner critic derailed them on certain projects or certain things. It, it, it's still there. It's still so close. And so I think being aware of that, starting to address that, starting to move through that and find some healing in that, that's where we'll find the help that we need. That's where we'll keep showing up so that we can produce the kind of work that we long to produce and that, quite frankly, will be helpful to the people around us. Um, maybe today, hearing this podcast is the first time in a long time that you've actually like actively thought about shame and creativity and how shame has shaped your creativity, your art, or prohibited you from pursuing it. Maybe today is the time that you come back to your art, your creativity, like fully, like seriously. Perhaps you've been thinking about it. You've been flirting with the idea. Every once in a while, there's this pang that happens inside of you that says, 
I really should start doing this again. Or maybe you have an experience where you carve out a little bit of time to do something and you start to feel alive again and you wonder, is this thing still a part of me? Is this thing still something that I can do, produce? Is this still some way that I can show up in the world, in my world? I want to say yes. Embrace that. Pursue that. If you're somebody who has sacrificed your creativity in the name of practicality and the imposition of other people's expectations or values that's been placed over you. It caused you to pursue a different career path. And now you're at the point where you're, you're, you're ready for a change. You're ready to pursue your creative dreams and endeavors. Perhaps that's full-time. Perhaps that's uh, a side business, or perhaps it's something that you just do because it makes you feel more alive, more like you, more complete as a person. Lean into that. Don't give shame and embarrassment any more of a foothold than it's had. Start to address those things in your life today. Get practical. Put some time on your calendar right now where you can start to show up and engage with your creativity again. Figure out what your next steps are. Maybe it's just the right next step that you need to figure out right now because so much else is too big. You feel overwhelmed. You don't want to fail before you even start. But here's the thing. Figure out that one next step. What is that thing? Odds are you probably know what that one next thing is. Make it a point to get traction on that. And when you do that, then just take the next right step from that place. Break it down as small as you need it to be for you to be able to get the traction you need. To start to leave shame and embarrassment in the rearview mirror. To feel better about who you are as a creative person and the work that you do how it impacts your life, and how it needs to impact the world around you. Be encouraged today, knowing that there are other people like you. You are not alone. Your experiences are not just your experiences, but the experiences of many creative people. And I think the more that we talk about those things, the more that we share about those experiences, the more we help each other along, the more we can move into who we've been created to be as artistic and creative people and the work that we long to do. I hope that this has maybe given you some things to think about, maybe some context, some encouragement to know you're not alone, you're not crazy, to know that other people have experienced a lot of the same shame and embarrassment that maybe you have. But it's time to move past it. It's time to work through it. Because there's so much great stuff waiting. As I share all the time at the close of these solo episodes, go create something. Thanks for listening today. I'd appreciate it if you would subscribe leave a rating and a review. It really helps this podcast be seen and heard by others.